All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Lifestyle. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Happy New Year's to all of you listening. Uh, really couldn't think of a more interesting guest and book and idea and concept to talk about as we kick off 2015. Should be a scintillating conversation. I've had this gentleman on my show a couple times before. Always good to talk to him. So let's welcome back Chris Gillibo, best-selling author. Chris, welcome back to the show. Hey, Todd. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, it's great to have you. Thanks, as always, for carving out some very valuable time. You have a lot going on in your world, so always appreciate some time with you. Uh, Chris, uh, and Happy New Year's to you, by the way. Absolutely. Well, thanks, man. No, it's a huge honor as always. Happy New Year. Yeah. So, gosh, I have a feeling that most people who uh, listen to my show are probably quite familiar with you. But just in case, for those that, that might not be aware, do a quick synopsis of everything Chris Gillibo. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a writer, traveler, entrepreneur. Uh, I've written a few books, which you've been kind to talk about on this great program. Uh, I spent about 10 and a half years on a quest to visit every country in the world, uh, which just wrapped up in 2013. I used to say last year, but as of this week, I can no longer do that. Um, so finished visiting every country in the world, and I wrote a new book called The Happiness of Pursuit, about that, and I'm fortunate to connect with a great community of awesome people all over the world. Outstanding. Yeah, I cannot believe it's already been a year since you finished this thing. Part of what we're going to talk about today is how a quest that you're on becomes your identity, and and Mm. it's been interesting to to observe you and watch you in the world now that this is no longer your your main principal action. So that's Mm. something we're going to probably talk about a bit, because that's a struggle I think a lot of people who do quests probably have to come to terms with. But yeah, so the new book, The Happiness of Pursuit, Finding the Quest That Will Bring Purpose to Your Life. Uh, um, This was the obvious book that was going to come out of you when you finished uh, traveling to 193 countries. Uh, uh, Of of your three books, it's my favorite, just so you know. But do me a favor. For someone listening to this, let's be honest, majority of people listening to this and in the world aren't living a life where they're pursuing some big, bold quest. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why you wrote this book was to help others see that vision of why that's so important. But define what you mean by a quest. I, I, I imagine if you ask 10 people, you get, you get 10 different definitions. But this is not about losing weight or writing a book or starting right. a company. How do you define a quest? Yeah, you know, so for the previous book, The $100 Startup, that was a little bit easier in terms of defining, okay, like, what am I writing about here? I'm going to profile all kinds of people who have successfully started a small business, you know, without going into debt, without going back to business school. So these are really kind of obvious parameters. But for this, as you said, uh, you know, what what is a quest? And I, I knew I wanted to look at adventure in general. I knew that adventure meant different things to different people, which is totally fine. Um, but for the purpose of a quest, I, I wanted to look at something that, that was a little bit deeper than than those things you mentioned, like losing weight, that's great, like getting in shape, like those are those are admirable kind of things to do or resolutions or life improvements. But but a quest is something that that has like a clear end goal. And there is a long journey and lots of milestones and stages to it. Uh, there's usually an act of transformation or something that happens along the way. 
Uh, it's usually not easy. In fact, uh, it's supposed to be difficult. It's like challenge is the essence of any good adventure, whether it's a 10-year journey to go to every country in the world uh, or whether it's just doing something in your hometown. So I tried to kind of narrow it down and say, okay, here's actually what I'm talking about when I talk about a quest. And, and yeah, as you said, like most of the listeners, they're probably not necessarily you know going to 30 different countries every year or something. But I do believe that adventure is good for us, adventure is for everyone, and that we can find a way to kind of embrace that value in our lives, uh, no matter who we are, no matter our situation. Well, I agree with you that it is for everyone. Now, everyone will do a different kind of quest should they embark on one. But why do we struggle? Why do, I don't know how to ask the question. Uh, why do so many people live a life never embarking on on what you would call a quest? Why is this so difficult to get people to to entertain this idea, which, as we'll, as we'll discuss, can, can be life-changing? Well, I think uh, we all settle into routines and patterns, and, and we all kind of develop this this kind of comfortable life. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with having a comfortable life. Uh, but what I what I found from so many different people who would undertake a quest or an adventure, you know, a lot of them did have good lives. It's not like they were unhappy or miserable, but they also felt a little bit discontented, and they really kind of longed for something more, or they had this crazy idea. And often, they had this thing that was just like you know in their heads. They came up with it, and then they thought, "Oh, that's just totally ridiculous." But then they couldn't stop thinking about it, you know. And a lot of those people who were successful kind of chose to say, "Okay, maybe that's not just an idea. Maybe I'm actually going to do something about it." And in, in just about every case, uh, when they followed up on that, it actually made their lives better. It, it helped them with all aspects of their lives, even things that weren't related to the quest itself. Well, you said something key there that I want to go back to, and it, it's one thing to get a crazy idea. Yeah, I want to cook a meal from every country. In, in in the planet, even though I live in Oklahoma. I mean, th- th- right. those kinds of stories are intriguing and crazy ideas and, and something fun and, and worthwhile pursuing, and there's and there's value in that. But you, what you said earlier that I wanted to hit on next was this, and you say this early in the book, and you say when you sense that discontent, you need to pay attention to that because that's, mm. that's, that's symbolic of the need to do something important and meaningful like this. I imagine there's a lot of people in the world listening to this and not listening to this who, who are feeling that discontent but don't know what to do about it, and they're resigning themselves to, to stay into their familiar pattern. Uh, how, how do you how, how, coach someone listening to this to, sure. to understand when they're, how, what to do with that discontent and yeah, how yeah. To use that as motivation to, to take this big step? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the thing is, I don't think like everybody kind of raises their hand and says, says like, yes, I'm discontented. You know, this is one of those things that we kind of, kind of, kind of tend to realize, like maybe in retrospect or something, or maybe we just kind of notice that there's, there was something missing from our lives and something where, you know, at one point we felt, you know, joy and eagerness and excitement. And we, you know, we had a lot of hope and anticipation of the future. And maybe we lost that at some point, uh, or we just kind of settled into those routines and patterns. So, uh, you know, I guess I would say, you know, coaching, first of all, like, you know, don't be afraid of like, you don't have to like set out tomorrow and, and go to visit every country. Or even as you said, you mentioned the woman who cooked a meal from every country. You know, I, I love that story, because that was something that she was able to do, like right from her home in Oklahoma. Uh, I think maybe it starts from, you know, so if we don't have a crazy idea, you know, what ideas, you know, do you have at all? You know, what, what are you excited about? And if you're not excited about anything right now, what did you used to be excited about? And let's even go way back. Let's talk about when you were 10 years old, you know, when you were 11 years old. Like, what did you want to do when you grew up? And, and what were you excited about then? And maybe you lost something along the way. That's really quite common, you know, but let's, let's go back to that. And then maybe lastly, let's ask, uh, what are you afraid of? 
right? Because everybody's afraid of something. And often, uh, you know, the answer to that question, what are we afraid of, that can actually lead us, you know, into that quest or that adventure, into, into whatever kind of life improvement, you know, we should make. And again, it doesn't have to be a huge thing, especially in the beginning. Yeah, boy, that's, that is a great way. I hadn't thought of it that way as a, as a way to identify where you should go is what you're afraid of. That's, that's, a, that's a, an important point. You've, you've said that to, to do this, to embark on a quest, you do have to become a better person along the way. You must improve. Go deeper on oh. that. Well, I think, uh, you know, as you pursue something that's meaningful to you, whatever that is, as you pursue something that is hard, like it, it's just inevitable that there's going to be some change along the way as you go through struggle, as you overcome struggle. You know, like I, I had a lot of uh, misadventures, as I called them, you know, things that happened, you know, throughout my journey. And I actually kind of came to really appreciate them, even if I didn't appreciate them at the time, because uh, they gave me a lot of confidence, kind of helped me to realize, like, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to get myself out of, out of difficult situations, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, my whole quest kind of changed my perspective on, on how I relate to people. And I was just kind of an introverted, independent traveler when I began, but then started connecting with all of these great people around the world and hearing what they were doing and realizing that, you know, in the, in the long run, like if I can do something that serves, you know, this great group of people, it's going to be much more meaningful than just my own travel quest. So these kind of things, you don't always know, you know, what's going to happen. Like once you go down the road of adventure, you don't know where you're going to end up necessarily. But uh, almost universally, it's good. Almost universally, it's positive as we embrace that struggle. Chris, uh, you mentioned your misadventures. Uh, I, when, when I think back on uh, watching you go through this, uh, this your your quest, it was these misadventures, frankly, that I found the most charming. And and, <laughs> and 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 I was I was laughing at your story in the book when you rented the car in Italy and you broke the window and then you fell asleep and driving and hit the guardrail and all that. But when you look back on it now, aren't isn't that the good stuff when you when you, <laughs> when, you when you reflect back upon the, the whole quest, all the all the stories of the of the visas and and the struggles you had in, in getting into the countries and all that. I think that's what makes this thing really magical. The, the point of my question is, mm. if people think they're going to embark on a quest and it's going to be smooth sailing, they're fooling themselves. Yeah, yeah, totally true. But I would also say it's worth it. You know, it's right. just like just like you said. Yeah, it's not going to be smooth sailing. But would you really want it to be? You know, like life is pretty boring if it is smooth sailing. You know, all the time, and so that—that's—that's that's maybe that's part of the, the whole point of the quest itself is, you know, is to challenge yourself and to take joy in the overcoming. So, like when I look back on those things, I don't—I don't necessarily. Uh, I don't necessarily smile about all of them, you know, like the, the, the Italian rental car fiasco, you know, where I fell asleep while I was driving and hit the guardrail. Like I would actually prefer not to repeat that, but I can, I can indeed, you're, you're correct. I can take joy in like saying like, Oh, I got through that. Like now it is a story, you know, it's, it's done. And, and so I think that's where it comes, you know, the, just the, the, the happiness that we experience, the pride we experience in overcoming even these kind of small challenges along the way. Is this really all about, cause you closed the book this discussion of almost as it's almost anticlimactic and okay, I've, I've completed this major goal of mine and now what the heck do I do? Is, is this really, and maybe the title of the book speaks to this itself, but is this really more about the journey than the destination? Because I, I liked what you said in the book, if I'm quoting you correctly, where you said, I felt at home on the road itself. Mm. Yeah. I think it's about both the journey and the destination. And, and like, if you have to choose, then yeah, probably the process, the journey is more important, but 
I, I mean, that's one aspect of a quest is that it does, in fact, have a destination. There is something that you're working toward. It's not just like, you know, our general life journey where every day, you know, we try to be a good person. We try to improve ourselves. Like, that's fine. But but a quest is there is actually something that you're working to, toward and you're going to come to that end. And and it might not necessarily be so tidy and, and clean and, and perfect when you come to the end because, like, where we began this conversation with identity, you know, this this quest has been your identity for a long period of time and it's been you know, what you've been working toward. And now, you know, it's over. Hopefully you've accomplished it. It's complete. But then, as you said, what's what's next? Um, so that that can be a complicated thing for some people. Talk about how you start. So someone's listening to this and, and, and or they read the book and, they, and they're finally inspired. And maybe, again, the timing of the new year is a good time to have mm-hmm. this conversation because this is when your mind's more seemingly, unfortunately, more open than it is over the course of the full 12 months. But how do you start this? What are initial steps to launching a quest? And how does the planning paralysis problem, of how do you mm-hmm. evade that? I mean, how do you, you know, let the planning of this thing overwhelm you? Sure. Well, you know, as I said, you start with something that you either like to do or you're excited about or you have the crazy idea. If you're not sure what that is, then you kind of explore. You do different stuff. That's totally fine and normal. If it does, if something isn't working out, then you give up and do something else. I also think that's good. Like, don't stick with something that you're not enjoying. But at a certain point, you kind of learn to create some packaging for it. And then that's where the whole quest thing comes about. It's not just a goal, but it's actually something much bigger. And, you know, in my case, I, I began out of a love of travel. And I loved exploring and making discoveries and connecting with interesting people. And and then I was also always a list maker. You know, a lot of these people pursuing these kind of projects, they like to write things down. They always write down their to-do list and their tasks. And so if you like checking things off, then, you know, a quest might be for you. And in my case, like I was writing down a list of the countries I'd been to. And then I was goal-oriented. So I said, okay, I'm going to try to go to 100 countries. And then, you know, another lesson is like the vision kind of expands, you know, as you pursue toward a, pursue a goal because you realize you can actually achieve that goal and maybe there's something more. Um, so, you know, eventually I came up with the goal of going to every country in the world. So I didn't have this huge vision in the beginning. If someone is trying to start, like you may not have the huge vision. That's okay. Let's think about all this stuff. You know, think about what you like to do. What are you good at? Is there some random thing you like that everybody else thinks is weird? You know, that actually may very well be a good sign that this is, this is your project because, you know, often these things that people do, they are very personal. That's something that matters to them that other people don't necessarily get or relate to, but that's okay. Well, that vision expansion thing is a real critical point here is that this, the, the quest will evolve and priorities may even change and, and the reason you started it may even change and heck, yep. uh, midway through it, you may end up meeting your future wife in Armenia and you just never <laughs> right. know how that's, right. how that's all going to go. Uh, there, there's this whole idea of how this a quest can redefine uh, who you are. I mean, I, something you said in the book that frankly is, is how I would answer someone's question if they said, well, how do I identify my request? I would say, well, if you're at a dinner party and someone says, what do you do? Yeah. How would you want to answer that? Well, I'm an accountant. Or would you say, I'm on a quest to achieve X is a much sexier way to (laughs) define who you are. Some counsel that you can share, Chris, on, on someone to be sure they embark on the right quest? Yeah, no, that's a great. I like that story. Actually, I totally forgot about that. So, thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, next time I do an interview and somebody asks me that question, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that out of my hat. So, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, you know, I, I guess I would say don't don't stress. You know, you're not gonna find the wrong thing. I mean, like that's that's why that's why I always say that don't be afraid of giving up on something. You know, try to look at a lot of different people who also had kind of redirected or the quest evolved as you went along, and and that's what really what it's about. This is not about proving something to someone else. This is about proving it to yourself. You know. Uh, and in, like for my journey, like for the first 70 countries, there was no public aspect to it. I didn't have a blog. I didn't have like all these books and things like that came about later. And uh, I had to kind of think about my motivations as I went along because 
like then the career started taking off and like there's all kinds of opportunities but I have to say no to a lot of those things so that I can keep going on the quest and you know I, thankfully I made the right choice because my motivations were somewhat pure in the sense that I'm just trying to prove this to myself so I would say the only the only way you really get off track is if your motivations become external and it's about you know making a name for yourself or uh, I don't know like trying to show somebody else something as long as you're doing it for yourself then then feel free to, to change it up Oh, that's another really key point. Uh, you shared a quote in the book that you indicated really stuck with you, and frankly, it stuck with me too, and, and so much so that I'm going to, by gosh, ask you about it. But you said, uh, or this uh, someone you were interviewing, I think for the book, said something along the lines of, it's better to be at the bottom of the ladder you want mm. to climb than being at the top of one you don't. Why is that so important? Mm, yeah, I love that quote. Actually, that was from a guy named Stephen Kellogg, who is an independent musician, and you know, he always wanted to, to go on tour, and he wanted to record and have a band and all that. And you know, he finally kind of gave himself permission to pursue that, and he's done it as a career now for something like 20 years. Uh, but when he started, you know, he, he realized like he was playing in this, this bar, and there was like three people there, you know, and, and nobody cared, but he was so happy. He was so happy because he felt like, you know, just, just like what the quote says, he was at the bottom of the, the ladder, you know, the bottom of the music industry, such as it was, you know, at the time. Um, but, you know, so much better to be there because there was nowhere to go but up. Whereas if he had stayed in his, you know, mid-level management job or whatever he was doing, you know, he could have been successful to a degree, but it wasn't something that he really wanted to do. So it is about finding, okay, what is it that matters to you? And then, then when you do, it's that thing that you're happy to, like, you would do that work for free. You know, you would do it if, if there was no, you know, external validation. It's something that matters to you. And I think that's a wonderful thing. We talked earlier about your misadventures. Uh, struggle is a big part of this, right? Monotony is a big part of this. Mm. This isn't always going to be high-end adventure right. in, in Hollywood-caliber storytelling. There's going to be struggle through this. Uh, what are some keys to getting through that? It, 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 talk about the gentleman who walked across the country. Just, hey, I just did it, kind of taking one step at a time. Uh, talk about how you get through the, the struggles with this. Yeah, well, I think you have to embrace the monotony at a certain point, or if not embrace, you have to accept it. You have to come to terms with it because it is going to be a, a, a long road. You know, if you're walking across America like that guy, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a long seven and a half months of walking. You know, if uh, all you're fixated on is, you know, that moment of arrival in the San Francisco Bay or whatever that high point is, uh, you have to kind of, you know, just, just deal with that. And if you can, then, then that, there's a lot of strength. I think there's a lot of strength in just kind of embracing that monotony and believing that these short-term things that you're doing actually relate to this long-term outcome that you're trying to, to achieve. You know, if, if you have that belief, I, I think it can take you a long way, maybe even you know, all the way across the United States by foot. You know, a common theme in the book is this idea of don't, don't settle. Don't don't settle for anything, uh, and don't do anything that ultimately would lead to regret. Mm. Let's talk about that in the context. I guess really two two things here. One is as you're embarking on a, on a quest, yes, but also life itself. Yeah, I mean, talk about mm. how the the ideas of of not settling and doing something that ultimately you won't regret, living a life you won't regret. Talk about how you do that. And that I think a lot of people worry about that, but they don't really know how to tackle it. Right. So when I talk to these people all over the world who pursued all these different things, and we've just you know briefly alluded to a couple of them in this call, like the guy who walked across America or the woman who made a meal from every country, they, they often talked about this theme of regret. And they talked about how you know when they had the crazy idea or however they came to it, uh, you know, they, they kind of waffled a little bit. They went back and forth, like, should I do this or not? Like, it's a huge commitment. 
commitment. And one of the things that really pushed them over the, the edge of saying yes was thinking about regret and realizing, like, thinking ahead to the future and saying, you know, if I, if I don't do this, then, you know, how will I feel? And they all kind of realized, you know, I, I, if I don't try this, if I don't at least attempt it, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret it. So I think if we can think, think ahead, you know, as, as we are deciding, okay, we're not going to settle because everyone who's listening to this like, is in, a, is in a, a great position of privilege, I would argue. Like we have opportunities, you know, and possibilities that haven't existed, you know, throughout most of history and, and still for a lot of people in the world. You know, I used to live in West Africa, uh, in Sierra Leone and Liberia, these poor countries, a lot of them don't have the same opportunities that we do. So since we have so many opportunities, you know, so much stuff that we can do in, in whatever kind of direction we want to go. Why would we not want to take advantage of that, you know, live to our fullest p- potential, not settle, and, and as much as possible, not regret anything? Chris, what's the biggest lesson you learned in <laughs> traveling to 193 countries? And, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, that's I, probably a difficult question, but, but what's the key lesson you learned that you can impart to others? My key lesson actually had very little to do with travel itself. As much as I love travel, you know, my key lesson is a more personal lesson. So it's not so much that, you know, like here's here's how every listener applies this. But I guess, you know, for me, I just came to believe much, much more in the power of community and and in supporting people with like-minded goals and, you know, who are also on this journey. And so my, my entire focus now is is much less on like I'm not trying to go to the moon now I'm not trying to go back to every country in reverse order like I'm still traveling I love that but as much as possible I want to help people who are living unconventional lives uh, I don't think I would have had that vision if I hadn't pursued this quest well what we talked about this at the top of the show I mean Chris I was disappointed when you completed your quest because it was fun <laughs> watching this journey as it was going I can't imagine the emotional toil that that had on you as, as what the what the heck do I do next? You and I are both fans of Steve Pressfield, yeah. and I remember him telling the story about how Chris Everett Lloyd, when she won Wimbledon, she felt joy for about an hour, and then yeah. then it was, all right, well, what's next? What do I got to do now? Uh, and as it turns out for her, uh, what was joyful was that pro- was the process, was the journey towards winning a championship like that. I, we're 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 a year past uh, uh, the conclusion of your quest, but what's next? I mean, what are you what what are you working? On? Obviously, you're publishing books and you're speaking yeah. and you're hosting very very well thought of uh, events like the World Domination Summit. But what's the next big Chris Gillibo project? <laughs> well, you know, as I said, I'm not actually you know going back to every country in reverse order. That was a suggestion on the book tour that you know one of the attendees. Uh, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek suggested, and I said, well, you can do that if you want, like, feel free to take that on for, for your quest, you know. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate to connect with this great community and to, and to write books and travel, as you said, so um, I don't know if I have another quest in the same kind of travel aspect, um, but I, I do want to continue, you know, I, I do want to, to, you know, improve myself. I want to, you know, do a better job for the community, so, so we'll see. See, maybe maybe uh, 2015 will bring a new quest. I'll let you know. All right. Sounds good. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show to talk about it when it's decided upon. Chris, uh, as always, really appreciate our time together. Uh, I appreciate you keep writing books. That gives me a chance to visit with you. Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about the book, and learn more about all the other work that you're doing? Sure. Uh, well, my website's chrisgillibo.com, but nobody can spell it. So they could also go to findthequest.com, and that will take them to me. All right. Chris Gillibo, New York Times bestselling author of the new book, The Happiness of Pursuit, Finding the Quest That Will Bring Purpose to Your Life. Chris, as always, a real pleasure to visit with you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining me. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. Again, on behalf of my guest, Chris Gillibo, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Lifestyle. What you want? What you want?